Watch the Golden Child on Throwback to School. We're talking about the Golden Child, Eddie Murphy. Uh, it is Throwback to School, the podcast where we talk about stuff we liked in high school and whether it's good anymore or not, or whether it's golden anymore or not. I'm Andrew, and with me is Liza. Liza. And Liza, we uh, got a guest, a golden guest, if you don't mind me saying. Aww. Uh, he's, uh, the, like the pro test, uh, like the, the Protestant, pre- the, the <laughs> Protestant, he's the, is he the mayor? He's the protege, he's the protractor. Yeah. Wasn't he like the fucking mayor or something? What did we give him the title? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the mayor of this throwback town. Yeah. He's the comptroller, uh, of throwback to school. He's actually an infamous mayor because there's some scandalous items happening. Mm. I don't quite recall. <laughs> right. He's on the verge of being canceled any second now. His name is Kayla Knowles. Well, hey. it must be Sweeps Week because Kayla Knowles <laughs> right. is in the house. We're pulling out all the stops. It's podcast sweeps, as everybody knows. It's that time of year again where we bring on our, our biggest guest, Kayla. <laughs> our biggest uh, and an, our tallest. It's an honor to be here. Uh, glad to be here and also to be mayor of uh, good talk studios yes many many titles i gave you in in the beginning so um hopefully you're not for, up for re-election anytime soon because <laughs> i mean i've never been a protestant before so that's an exciting it's a new thing, one but... it's a new territory for you that's like a religion it's many uh-huh. things it's many things it's what you know what here in good talk studios it's whatever you want it to be uh, well, you know, it's um, it's a it's a it's a honor and a privilege, and I've said that previously, but I'm reiterating it because wow. uh, here I am. That's how you feel. Yeah, you can't say it enough. That's right. Um, can we go back to that song choice? I don't get it. It's it's a song called "What's Golden" by oh. the Jurassic Five. I get it now. Thank you. Okay. And uh, actually, so the movie we watched today—I don't know if you're, or we watched for today, Liza. I don't know if you recall. Is a movie called The Golden Child. Oh, that Golden Child. Mm-hmm. That's not the other one. Oh no, it's this Golden Child. Oh, I thought we were watching a baby's version of the Golden Girls. Mm. You know, like the Rugrats, but or was it a Rugrats babies? Rugrats were think? babies, in fact. Wait, what am I thinking? But there of? has been, oh, no, there's the... been like a Rugrats. Yeah, you're thinking of Muppet uh, Babies. Muppet Babies, yeah. but of the golden girls and then it's a bunch of baby yeah. ladies golden baby shit yeah that's what we watched right yes that is what we watched the golden girls babies with what uh, if hold on what if your introduction to rugrats was rugrats all growed up and mm. then you like found out they made a previous show where they were babies and we're just <laughs> like what yeah <laughs> you're the beginning of, is well, these characters are all grown up, so like, who might? Like, I, no further uh, investigation. I just know these characters are all grown up. Now, hang on a sec. You're telling me these Rugrats were once young? <laughs> That's. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh man, when I have kids, am I going to show them like the prequel Star Wars trilogy before the original trilogy?" I'm like, "Do I need to show my kids Muppet Babies before I have them watch mm, the Muppets?" Wow, it's going to be chronological. That's a, I mean, Meanwhile, I'm like, damn it, how am I going to pay for 
childcare. <laughs> not, that's not a problem. But all not... the other parents are just like no. really struggling to figure out in which order to watch Star Wars. Those are the real problems that we are not talking about. I know that like, you know, there's a there's a big fight on Capitol Hill. Uh, we're talking about hashtag politics right now. Um, <laughs> there's a big fight on Capitol Hill about like, you know, whether or not it's affordable for people to have families. Nobody's talking about the important issues of are we going to make them watch Rugrats all grown up and then or the original Rugrats first? Are they going to tackle right. Muppet Babies? Should Star they watch the sequels first? What's next? Yeah, what's next? Uh, <laughs> d- uh Dog Babies? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, do, I, do you watch Air Buddies before you watch Air Bud? That's a great question. See, this is like this is why you're a great mayor, a great comptroller. No <laughs> polit- you are the you're the politician who's talking about the things that people are concerned about, Kaylin. Hard hitting issues. That's right. That's right. That are important to the working families of long ball nope. <laughs> That's Oops. My- <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, uh studio. We'll, uh, edit good talk that out. Uh, <laughs> good talk studios. <laughs> uh so f- f- my my friends, we talked to we watched a movie. <laughs> That's right. Starring Ed Murphy. Beautiful Eddie Murphy. Uh, called, the Go- called The Golden Child. Mm-hmm. Came out in 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a relatively reviled movie. I don't know if you knew this going into it, but... Um, what do you mean by reviled? It's not well-liked. I think it's. I think. I think it could be considered a cult classic. It is. It has. It is, so it has. It has reached cult classic uh, status. Can we but, redefine what cult classic means? It's just like some people love it, and it, then most of the world hates it. It's like a thing you remember from your childhood. You remember from your childhood, yeah. and it it found more success in later years than it did when it came out. Oh, yeah, that's one of those. It checks all those boxes for me. So it currently holds a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is <laughs> low. And it's 6.0 on IMDb too, which is yeah. pretty low for yeah. IMDb. Um, this is like, so this is pretty early in the Eddie Murphy movie oeuvre. I believe like... Um, it's his first PG-13 movie. That's right. Because he had done uh, Beverly Hills Cop at this point. The first and, one. And... Yeah, and had he done... No, Coming to America was after this, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so he'd done 48 Hours, Trading Places, Best Defense, Beverly Hills Cop, and then The Golden Child. So this is his first PG-13 movie. Um, I don't think the rating matters. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that it should not be PG-13? I don't think it would have mattered if this was an R-rated movie is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. If he was able to drop some f bombs, then uh, oh, I don't think yeah. it would be a much better. Movie. Yeah, this is also a time in Eddie Murphy's career where a different kind of f bomb may have been coming out of his mouth. Um, yes, that's very true. Yeah, so fart, fart. Yeah, <laughs> big no no in certain circles. Um, this is also a a time when Eddie Murphy sort of fancies himself to be maybe a little bit of an action star too, like. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's you know he's dirt. He's getting his he's getting his yucks out. He is he's cracking jokes. He's he's yucking it up on screen when he can. He's also beating up every bad guy who comes within like f- striking distance of him in this movie. Yes, obviously. 
Obviously. I, I, you're listing these things like they're bad things. No, well, I just, it's, it's funny. It, I always <laughs> laugh when like a comedian fancies themselves to be, you know, like, yeah, I, of course I'm a funny guy, but people have to see how tough I am too. <laughs> and like, there's not, there's nary a moment in this, in this movie where he's on the other side of a fight. Like he's always the one who's like throwing the punch, knocking somebody out. Um, he's not really in any trouble. And I wonder if that was like one of those things where he was just like, yeah, people see me laugh, you know, like people laugh, people see me being funny. People need to see what I can really do. And I can like, <laughs> I'm Eddie Murphy and I can throw a punch. Well, now I, th- part of that might also be originally, this was going to be a, uh, Mel Gibson, uh, like serious interesting maybe the right word that like straightforward fantasy action movie and then when when eddie murphy came on they were like well let's throw some yucks in there it's it's interesting because because he can actually do it mel gibson is not funny well i think what he was saying is that in the mel gibson version it's not funny it's more like a straightforward action action sci-fi fantasy movie whereas this one is every genre at a certain point during the movie. (laughs) (laughs) If you like comedy, there's parts of this movie where it is a comedy. If you like science fiction, there are also parts of this movie where it is a science fiction movie. Uh, If you like action, don't worry. He gets the girl at the end. Yeah. So also it's a slight romance. Nary the tween shall meet at any point during this movie. Like it's like, there are very distinct, like this is the action set piece of the movie. Here comes the comedy part. Here comes the romantic comedy part. Here comes science fiction. Just like, and like the science fiction fantasy parts of this movie are uh, wild. <laughs> just... I keep saying science fiction, but I was reading everything as fantasy. It is. Yeah, you're right. Fantasy. It is okay. much. There's no, there's no science to fiction in this. You're right. You're right. That's true. Or technology stuff. It's, yeah. It's just like folklore and yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit Buffy the Vampire Slayer in that like, and to every generation, uh, a golden child is born. And uh-huh. so there is a, what would you call him? A demon that is after the golden child. <clears throat> and in order to, uh, destroy the world they have. He has to like take out the golden child with this very particular knife that uh, the dagger, the dagger mm-hmm. that Eddie Murphy has to yuck his way to 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 uh, Tibet, Tibet to obtain and goes through a Indiana Jones esque an Indiana Jones esque uh, <laughs> adventure in like the, a series of two rooms. <laughs> with challenges (laughs) i mean challenges that take place within two rooms it was like the 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 room budget in this movie was not high but a giant room such that there is no floor it's scary that's scary i mean like i guess i i only i only measured the room from like one wall to another in terms of like a bottomless pit i guess like this was a humongous room so yeah, I didn't just really like a whale. Yeah, I didn't really give. Room. Yeah, that's right. It's 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 deeper than it is long. I didn't really take that into consideration. But well, and see, that's the great thing is you get this Indiana Jones type adventure, but you also get like L.A. cop adventure 
that's right that's right that entire first 15 minutes where he's just walking down the street enjoying the la life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like the pedestrian la life is so funny whoever was filming him was like okay act shocked oh act inquisitive oh (laughs) act horrified (laughs) and then corresponding shots would just be like a sign of a restaurant or like (laughs) it was just there was no driving and being like laughing at some weirdo on the street that that's just like any big city it should have you know the weirdo or whatever it was filmed like it was like b-roll from like eddie murphy filmed his own version of like the i love la music video (laughs) and it's just like i love la we love it and it's just like eddie like pointing at stuff and then people being like eddie (laughs) there was uh, i did uh when he when he goes to nepal there's kind of a similar thing where he's like walking through the streets and like looking mm-hmm. and it, yeah, he's like a tourist. And uh, I was like, okay, that that's kind of like, it's a little bit of a callback. So I did kind of like that, but yeah, that scene did really stand out yeah. as it was. I, happening. I think that's the only way they could, to me, I see that because there is both, he's doing that both in LA. So he's like a tourist in his own town type thing. And then a tourist in, in Tibet like, I feel like that's the only time you sort of get this, like, idea about, like, oh, he's just, like, a happy-go-lucky, like, I don't know, like, curious dude, like, that doesn't have that many worries or whatever. Like, it's just the, these scenes where he's very, like, not, it's, like, not serious and just, like, he's enjoying life, even though the job he does is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's horrifying. He looks for like missing children all the time it's- which is really ever like clearly spelled out like he's not a cop no but he does work with the police but also his like searching for kids is like putting up handmade flyers and attending local television <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and, seems- but he has a gun and you're right he has connections with, with the police but he doesn't wear a badge but he's trained in fighting mm-hmm. and he like, but he's not a social worker. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, the, I think it, the plot description on Wikipedia or IMDb calls, calls him a private investigator, but like uh, there was no... never, yeah. You never see him. He's also either working out of his car or his house. Like there's yeah. no yeah. like office <laughs> or firm or anything like that. He mostly works out of his car. Actually, also, the child he's looking for is dead. Like the, like in the beginning of the movie, he's looking for this little girl. And I don't know. Does he know from the beginning that the kid is dead? Cause the picture he has is of this girl who's like face down, face down on the ground. And it's just like, and then like at a certain point he does, um, like he goes to the, uh, was it like the yellow dragons was the name of that? Like motorcycle gang. The bar. Yeah. And he's just like, do you know where this girl is? And they're like, uh, and eventually they, they reveal that they sold her. And then like the next scene, it's just like, she's dead. And I don't think he knows that she's dead. Cause when he's on TV, he shows like a, a, a headshot. Yeah. Of her. The photo and that the- he has later is of her like face down on like a floor. So I was like, does he just have a photo of her dead already? Like what? Like where well, did this photo did that come after he met the police after they had found her dead? Maybe. And then he was just trying to track down how she got 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. How she got that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's really um, good at his job is what we're establishing really early. He's absolutely. good at finding kids. Should we should we run the plot? I realize we didn't do that. And so, if it's cold classic, that means there are people that don't know about this movie. That's right. So Eddie Murphy is a, a, a P.I. I guess. And he is found out to be the chosen one. So he there is a into in the same way there is a, a, a golden child every generation. There is a chosen one that is that is destined to protect them. So he is the chosen one to protect this golden child. He finds out and he is given all this information about this prophecy. Meanwhile, there's a character named mm, Kenang, Kenang, uh, who has kidnapped the golden child. Oh no. And Kenang's he, the, the woman. Oh, Ken, sorry. Kenang is the one. Sardo Numspa. Sardo Numspa. That's right. That's right. Uh, is the, played by Charles Dance, is the villain who I could not understand quite what he was, but he was a shape-shifting, maybe human, maybe not. He also- With a weird <clears throat> Eastern European accent, yeah. <laughs> vaguely. Yes. He, uh, uh, in like- I, and like ten years later, he would have been played by Christopher Lambert. Um, but That's he's true. and then like thirty years later, he'd be Liam Neeson from the Dark Knight series. That's like, right. To me, like what's his name? Something Numspa is the same as um, shoot. What is Liam Neeson's character? Oh, uh, oh my God, Razal Ghul. Yeah, yeah, same difference. Yeah, like. Um, villain man with an yeah. accent. <laughs> so he also communes with the dark one or something. This like this weird entity mm-hmm. that um, that you only see. It's just a shadow, but like yeah. once. That's only one scene. Yeah, and so like I, th- I think it's like he's a demon working for Satan. Yes. Yeah. Like the uh, takeaway that I that I got. So in order to like, I don't know, bring about the dark Lord onto earth, he has to d- defeat and kill the golden the, child. The dark Lord who is voiced by the voice of a uh, Dr. Claw from inspector gadget. Yeah, let's yeah. Oh, let's give him his, give that man so his cool. flowers. Um, <clears throat> so in order to bring about the dark Lord, he has to kill the golden child. Eddie Murphy is tasked with eventually he reluctantly decides to take on his role as the chosen one to protect the golden child. So, there's a romp. He goes to Tibet, comes back to LA. They get a dagger. And then uh, a very interesting series of uh, events happen that leads to Eddie Murphy fly- fighting a winged flying grotesque demon in Los Angeles, at which point nobody seems to care. <laughs> no, there's too many weird things in LA to pay attention to. Yes. <laughs> Um, the Golden Child also has magical abilities, too. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, if that surprises anybody in this movie about the devil, <clears throat> demons. There's, there's a lot of magic going on via various characters. And a lot of on-screen magic. The can that dances. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite. That was my favorite scene as a kid. And a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot of on-screen magic between Eddie Murphy and Miss Charlotte Lewis as well. That's mm-hmm. very true. Mm-hmm. Who is not Asian. Just <laughs> yeah, who is not She's Asian? Not. <clears throat> so, one thing that I was also, I think, eighteen as the, the time that they were filming this. Oh, oh no, oh, he was eighteen oh. when it came out. So you know, yeah. yikes, oh, yikes, yikes, barely yikes. legal. So, 
buddy. Um, the Golden Child itself, it, that is the, the, the child's name, apparently, is the Golden Child. Um, played by J.L. Reet, who is a woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if they gender the Golden Child in the movie. But they do. On the on the Wikipedia page, they make a big a big to do about like th- that this was actually a female actress. So I I was like unsure. I read that afterwards. I was like, did they like gender the Golden Child? I couldn't remember. But regardless, I, I think they refer to him as he doesn't don't they? Yeah. So it's a girl. It's a a, a woman actress. A girl actress playing the Golden Child. Her only role. Her only role. So much that she doesn't even have a photo on her IMDb. No, no. She was like, one and done. Thank yes, you. This is it. Yeah, I made my money. <laughs> um, What did you... So you both have seen this. This is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are we surprised? <laughs> um, when did you both see this movie for the first time? Um, I... So... I feel like maybe I've told this story before on here, but I'll tell it again. Uh, one time in my youth, I drew a comic for a local like duck derby contest, and I won first place for this art contest, and I got a hundred dollars. Uh, wow, that's a lot. Store. So we would go every Tuesday when it was one dollar Tuesday for a hundred movies. <laughs> Thanks to that, and I do believe this was one of those movies. And uh, I, I, like, I must have been familiar with Eddie Murphy before this, um, but if I was, I was like, oh, this is like a weird movie for him mm-hmm. to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the only thing I remembered similar to Liza was the Pepsi can that like starts dancing. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it is a good effect. It is a good effect, and like they they do they do make also a show of like 360 showing the the like the back of the can too, so you can see like the texture, mm-hmm. and it's like make sure you can see like we put some detail into this thing, so like when it turns around, it's not just like a you know black thing. It was just like they showed we made this thing so you can see the back of the can too. It was it's the special effects for the time were quite good. Yeah. There, so uh, we looked it up, and it's actually it was using it was the first movie to use this particular kind of CGI, which was at the time was not called CGI, but I I think uh, the trivia was like first movie to use like something like image manipulation, something something something. So I think for the time it was probably pretty advanced, which I'm guessing that's where most of the budget went into mm-hmm. <laughs> is those like few shots of the 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 butterfly uh being alive again and the Pepsi mm. can and all the little magic-y little things that the golden child does and then of course the dragon at the end and the snake lady which you only see in like a very fast half shot <laughs> that, that scene is extra weird <laughs> um yeah and i so liza you had mentioned you were thinking about doing this movie on throwback to school several months ago. And I was like, you better have me on that episode. <laughs> and then you were like, okay. And then you didn't. <laughs> 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 anything else after that. 
but then he recently uh, invited me back on, and I was like, hey, we could do that. Now. Yeah, I hated you for six months, and then I brought you back on. Yeah. This is exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> not that I just forgot about <laughs> this conversation. Um, I grew up watching Golden Child since ever. I don't remember watching it for the first time, because I feel like I've always watched it since. I think it was rec- on one of the recorded VHS we had at home. And so... And Eddie Murphy was a huge hit in my household between, like I've said before, between that and um, Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop. Like, it's just, uh, my mom was a big fan. And and that included this movie. And so I've, I didn't do Golden Child for the longest time because it's not technically something like in high school, I was like a huge, but like, I grew up loving this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's even better that Andrew has never watched it before because you can be like fairly critical versus I cannot, like everything in this movie is beautiful and amazing to me (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with it. There's a, like maybe we have like the full spectrum, which is like, (laughs) Andrew hasn't seen it at all. I've seen it once and you've seen it. A million times. Yeah. Too many times. That's right. The one, the one scene I had seen was uh, when he's like talking to uh, what's her name for the first time, and they're like outside, and he's like playing. Ding. He's like has the like those the kid like those kids like basketball, mm-hmm. and they're like throws her ball back, and he's like talking about how much he loves kids, and he like, <laughs> throws the ball back, and he just screams, "Shut up!" Like <laughs> I like that scene for some reason. I have seen that before. But That's I had funny. not seen the rest of this movie before, and I had like a vague concept of what this movie was about. But was boy was I in for a ride? <laughs> yeah, it it's it. I upon rewatch did not like it as much. <laughs> but there's just so many people in it who I like. It just kind of blew me away about like the- who. I mean, well, we've got Charles Dance. Charles Dance, of course, Mm -hmm. who I know is the bad guy from Last Action Hero. And also, he's a big role in Game of Thrones. Um, Victor Waugh. You have Victor Waugh and um, James Mm Hong. Both great guys. (laughs) Also, like, Uh, two guys who I think, like, a lot of people may recognize from, like, early 90s comedies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I think from, uh, and then for Rand- me, James similar to uh Randall Tex Cobb. Yeah, that's right. Like brute, brute guy. Yeah. Um Oh I... yeah, we can talk about let's debrief on like the the prosthetics that are used on those two like henchmen. Mm-hmm. That like weirded me out very much watching this again i didn't get that like it didn't first i think it maybe weirded me out more than it did we it did not weird me out when i was a child i was like yeah bad guys they look weird what and then then now as an adult i'm like what why why did one of them need like an extra like fur like furry eyebrow and then like the other guy has like prosthetics to make his face look like a monkey frog yeah you're talking I don't about get it you're talking about the characters till and foo right yeah, yeah. well and those names like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that 
know. My theory that I've come up with just right now is that they are both also demons, but like their skin like doesn't fit quite right on their faces. Like an Edgar from Men in Black situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but Noomspa or whatever, yeah, my brother Noomspa, um, he has he skin great. that fits, <laughs> <laughs> and he wears those like fancy suits with capes and shit. Like he's like fancy dressed or like looks like a freaking like magician. Well, he's like you know in the in the hierarchy of demons. There's Satan, who he's he's reporting to, and then there's him, and then he's got his like underlings. And oh, okay. And just doesn't fit quite as well. I see. Noomspy is middle management. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. All right. Um, it is. That um, checks out. One bit of trivia about the guy who plays Fu, whose name is Pons Mar. Uh, this was kind of a full circle. He was the lead puppeteer on Monkey Bone. Look at that. Uh. Wow. Was Oh, Monkey Bone. Oh, Our first oh. episode, Liza, remember... <laughs> No, I try not to. <laughs> I listen to it every night before I go to bed. So, ooh, ooh, he was also, we need to talk about that. <laughs> ooh, uh, he was the much? lead wheeler uh, in Return to Oz. If you guys have ever seen Return to Oz, oh, have this I? This is a man that doesn't act. Then he's a set does he's a, a set crew person. He's like he's a he's an actor and a puppeteer. So I think he's he's kind of like a. A uh, guy who played Abe Sapien in Hellboy. He does yeah. a lot of like he would do motion capture today. He's like a little bit of an Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah uh, but uh-huh. uh, but the guy who played uh, Abe Sapien in Hellboy, whose name Doug. is Doug uh, Benson. <laughs> <laughs> Even I know that's not right. <laughs> um, sure. Okay, you guys keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Jones. Doug Jones, there we go. From okay. uh, Star Trek Discovery fame. Um, I mean, I guess in this movie, he doesn't really talk. He just, like, noon checks and he menaces. He menaces. Mm, mm-hmm. That's his yeah. main action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this movie did feature something that I forgot about, which is that you can, like, you can storytell a lot through guitars which is like something that I had sort of forgotten was like a thing that people did in movies, which was like, you can, a character can do like a devious thing and you can tell it's bad because of a wow noise with a guitar. And I was just like, I so forgot about this sort of filmmaking where it's just like, and it's just like, they do so much like scene building with a guitar. It's really interesting and they don't do it anymore. Um, oh, now he would be like a violin, but in like a to create drama and like angst. Yeah. But this time it's like, we're cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's bad. <laughs> his guitar, electric guitar. Nonetheless. Yeah, you can tell he's bad because of that guitar sting. Just like, <laughs> that's LA, baby. That's LA, baby. <laughs> living um, hard and hard living. There's also apparently there was like a full like score like uh-huh. something you would expect, but then they were like, "Nah, like people need guitars to tell That's them right. how to feel." Yeah, <laughs> um, modernized it. This is also so the we as we talked about this movie features a lot of different 
genres kind of clashing up with each other. There are two scenes that take place in the airport, which is when he's leaving Tibet and a like slapstick comedy breaks out where he's trying to, he basically says like, I'm going to be thrown in jail if I try and sneak this knife onto a plane. So he then sneaks it into the pocket of this like obnoxious American guy who's like making a scene uh, and he's like, Oh my, I'm so excited to see an American. He slips the knife into his pocket and then as he's going through uh, the metal detector, then he makes this big commotion about like, thank you so much for helping me find this knife. I'm a, And he's like flashing his wallet around and he's like yelling about how he's part of the like lost item agency for the United States. And like everybody in the, in the airport is just like charmed by him. Like he's just like, he's just yeah. like, no, Paul, no, Paul. And they're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so then he just boards the plane with the knife and then they get back to LA and they run into the bad guy. And this scene, I like, I was appreciating the acting that Eddie Murphy was doing, but what he's doing is he's making a big scene to not get in trouble with this bad guy. He's trying to get as many people watching as possible. And so what he's doing is he's sort of like, well, you can't do this in front of all these people, you know, like then you'll be in big trouble. The only problem with this is that as we've established, this man is a demon who works for Satan (laughs) and whether or not he does it in front of zero people or a hundred people, it does not matter. (laughs) The, The laws of man do not matter to the, the number one henchman to Lord Satan. <laughs> so like, But he does say that, like, he's like, oh, if I, if you, because he brings, um, Noomspa brings police. Yeah. Thinking that that will intimidate Eddie Murphy's character. But it, um, and, and so that's the scene where you get that Eddie Murphy's clever because he like spins the whole scene around. But why why would why would Noomsbaum or whatever why why does why does he bring the police in the first place? Because he's trying to stay incognito. He thinks like, <laughs> oh, that will be easy. He'll get he'll get scared and just give me the knife and I don't have to fight. There's, yeah, there's there's even a part early on where like Satan is talking to him and he's just like, why are you? Basically, like, why are you making the plot of this movie more difficult? Just kill him. <laughs> and he's like, nah, nah, come on. Like, uh, we got um, another hour and a half yeah. to go. What do you want? Like, this is like, we'd be on like minute 20, Satan. Like, we got another hour to go. Come on. <laughs> the... Look, you gotta, you gotta use man's law against man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he turns right. into a, and then he turns into a dragon and flies around LA and destroys a bunch of buildings and. <laughs> Goes after him. He's just like daylight, which I was I was appreciative of. When's the last giant special effect you've seen that took place in broad LA sunlight? That's a good point. A lot of a lot of movies, in order to hide their CG, just do things at night so you don't notice how bad it looks. Mm -hmm. They were just like, we're proud of the way this thing looks. Have it set in the broadest daylight possible, which is of course the bright skies of LA, baby. Did you guys notice in that scene when they're being chased in the car, like the, the, the demon like topples the telephone poles so they can't get by. So they run out of the car into like an observatory and there's like a big fight in the observatory mm-hmm. and then they run back out to the car and then just drive around the telephone pole and yeah, keep going. Yeah. Like, Why did you get out <laughs> of the car? <laughs> I agree. 
I, also, I, I saw that and I was like, well, that don't make any fucking what sense. I, what I really liked about the car chase scene was like, I was thinking, and this is going to sound like I'm like, you know, anti new movies. I'm really not, but in yeah, a, sure. In, we really know how you already feel. So, but in a, but in a like mainstream new movie, this is like, they would have made a show of this is a Mercedes or something like he's, like in this movie, he's driving a beat up piece of shit Chevy, like suburb- which he works out of, yeah, station wagon, and like it fits his character. But like you know, like if this movie were made today, they would have like a car sponsorship, so you'd have to have like a nice Audi or Tesla or something. But the fact that he's just like w- like rip roaring around L.A. in this like shitty Chevy like et- like suburban, I was just like, this is I love this. I love that, like, there's a part where, like, he's driving down the street and, like, part of the siding is coming off. I was just like, this this is cool. Like, if, if this were a, a newer movie, this would be, like, a nice, pristine car that may, like, get beat up a little bit. But, but, watch, barely. but watching him, like, barrel through these, like, lights and through these streets in this, like, really shitty car, I was, like, kind of charmed by I think, you know, now that you pointed out the observatory place, that's, that's a weird extra scene that's not really needed uh especially because they end up going back into the car um i wonder if that was they were trying to say that they were going you know the uh, what is it the famous griffith yeah the griffith park one because there's other when he at the beginning when they do the like look how cool la is they do shots that are like you're supposed to know that this is LA. There's palm trees. There's um, the big famous boulevard. There's the Randy Donut thing. Like they sort of do these shots. There's of like, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, there's Eddie Murphy. Eddie it's Murphy's, sunny. Yeah, it's his, like, his you know. walk of fame big star. star. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> but I wonder if that was their way of, of like, they were like, oh, people are going to think like, oh, this is, we can make it look like Griffith Park when it obviously is not. Mm-hmm. And, but they were like banking on this idea that like, oh, East Coast people are going to love this because they can't tell the difference or some shit. Like, I don't know. It's also like, I, I, I don't know how familiar you are with L.A., like the way the city's laid out. But the idea that he could get to all these like different like in 10 minutes in 10 minutes. Yeah. With no traffic, with no traffic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ever been to L.A. in the middle of the day? Um, but it's it's yeah, I. I love, I, I mean, like, my favorite parts of the movie are when, like, they're just, like, frantically running away in this car or, like, you know, it, like, there are fun there are fun parts to this movie. I will give it some credit. Like, there are some fun sequences in this movie. It's also really boring in, like, a <laughs> lot of parts. Like, there's just parts where, like, not a lot's happening. And I... Okay, which one? Like... <laughs> I will I say been, it yeah. held my attention. I wow. might be on Liza's side wow. here. I've been called out. No, I just like, there were like, I just felt like there were like extended parts where like, it's just not that interesting. And when they get to the more interesting parts of the movie, I was having fun, but there were just parts where it's like, okay, let's like kind of speed it along a little bit. And it's not that long of a movie. It's under an hour and a half. So the yeah. fact that there are parts of the movie that felt boring is an indictment of the movie. <laughs> But you like the park with the? Did you think this was going to be like a, a throwback to 
school Fast episode and furious or something like more cars and less boring parts no i was expecting i guess i was expecting more of like an eddie murphy romp but like because as Kaylin explained that this was originally meant to be a mel gibson science fiction epic or you know it's not science fiction fantasy epic um that like there's just parts where it doesn't fit with the eddie murphy comedy parts and so i just i will give it to you that it it feels like sort of a patchwork of a movie that i don't think i really like it's i didn't realize that as a kid but as an adult i can see that because like there's you're right it's like it's like part beverly hills cop part um Indiana Jones part, I don't know, like uh, some kind of Kung Fu movie. They did uh, film like supplemental jokes to put in there, which I do feel like uh, Like for the first like 15 or 20 minutes, Eddie Murphy would like tell a joke and then like do his signature laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It just kept, he kept doing it. It was so weird. It was just like, this guy thinks he's very funny. And nobody else is laughing at his jokes. There is a there's a great part in this movie where he's having a dream sequence and there's a live studio audience to his dream. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he starts like delivering jokes and they start laughing and he does feel like vindicated, like, yes. He's really very laughing. Like, he keeps like looking at he's like, right? This yeah. is funny, right? Like, I'm being I'm being really funny here. And like it's like they're like, Yeah, and you can tell he's just like, finally, somebody thinks I'm funny. <laughs> I love that scene. It's so good. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad about that scene. That's one of the scenes I like. <laughs> I will say, I think I had, as a kid, I think I, part of why I liked it is because of the kid. Like, the kid is just so sweet. He doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. He's so like, cute. He's so cute. Yeah, he's so cute. He's referred to as, as a he in the movie. But um, he, he, like... He's very sweet and patient, even though he's being like kidnapped and like fed blood. Like all of these horrible things are happening to him, and he's just keeping cool. And he's like, "It's fine. Like I'll like I'll just use my magic and try to figure out how to like." That's just like I feel like as a kid, that's how I saw it. Um, and and I'm of course having Eddie Murphy be a a goob. Also, the the vehicle in which they choose to try and feed him blood is like oatmeal. The the <laughs> ugliest oatmeal. Like, like why would not you, a, not even a bowl of cereal? Or why something. wouldn't you try? Yeah, you're trying to trick this kid into eating the sust <laughs> the the thing that's going to like weaken him. It's the only thing on earth that will weaken him. And you put it in like put it in like a fucking burger or like a what? you know like a piece of candy or something. Like I mean, he, he like. I guess I don't know that he would be eating meat, but yes, <laughs> something better. This is a motorcycle gang. They don't know. They know how to cook oatmeal, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it was like they just basically were like, "Here, kid, eat gruel." <laughs> this, this like flavorless bowl of oats and water. Pretty nasty. Before he pushed it down to look at the blood. Yeah, like, yeah. I did like his little plant that he was slowly eating leaf by leaf. Yeah. Yeah. they did show that kid the kid was clever by doing that like he did not fall for it ever to eat the blood he always had like a little like leaf or something to like sustain him which was also very sad that like this movie takes place over the course of days it's not like a day so like he is keeping himself alive barely by like eating a twig yeah but they do manage to go from LA to Tibet in like two hours that's so. right it's a short flight yeah <laughs> 
It's a really short flight. If you catch that that transatlantic wind, you can really shorten that flight by a couple hours. Um, so what would you, first to Kaylin, then to Liza, out of five magical daggers from Tibet, <laughs> how many daggers would you give this movie, starting with Kaylin? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to have to give this, ooh, I'm going to give it, two and a half daggers uh mainly because upon this rewatch i realized it had the trope in it that i just cannot stand anymore which is like very competent woman who has been like training her entire life for this one mission has to like is forced to team up with this like guy who who doesn't believe it and doesn't you know she has to like convince him and like even like at the start when he like goes into the motorcycle gang hideout and he like they catch him and she like goes in and saves him. I was like, oh cool, like she's gonna have a proactive role. Turns out she does not do that. <laughs> she saves him. No, right after they show she does, her. She does save him. She yeah. saves yeah. him and then like she like watches him then like like do the rest of the work. <laughs> But in in right after they show, they have like visual proof of her capacity as a grown ass woman who you're right, who trained like physically trained, knows what's going on, like knows the like folklore of the whole thing. Like immediately after that, they change her into a, a romantic uh, partner mm-hmm. or 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 some kind of conquest, which yeah. didn't it's- like. She was such a like hard nosed like bodyguard. No nonsense, type, like, yeah. Outside in her car, just like making sure Eddie Murphy didn't get uh, like attacked. Which I guess like you know the bodyguard that movie does feature <laughs> romance. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah, that that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, also, <laughs> it's not a huge problem. But if you watch this movie with subtitles, whenever people are speaking Chinese to each other, it says speaking Tibetan. <laughs> like, I I mean, I don't know for sure that they're not speaking Tibetan to each other. Sure. But it's James Hong and uh, the other old guy. The other old guy. Well, and when, uh, he, when he meets James Hong for the first time, there's also some dude getting a massage or whatever. <laughs> like. Like who's who's just like sort of talking at, at Eddie Murphy. Uh, so that was weird. Yeah, but you know, I do like that dancing Pepsi can. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it? Uh, there's also a scene when he goes down into that room with the posts where he like pushes cobwebs out of the way, and like man, cobwebs were everywhere in movies in like the 80s mm-hmm. and like they just aren't around anymore yeah. i Cob- love someone pushing through cobwebs and like gets all over them cobwebs and quicksand where right? are where aren't they where aren't thou uh liza how uh, about you the, what are your what's your what's your dagger rating oh uh, well like in my heart it's a five out of five but like in my brain it's it's probably it should probably be closer to Three and a half. I don't know. I agree. There's there's lots of problems with it. Um, there's 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 that classic '80s Eddie Murphy slight homophobia and 
like sleep like seeping through randomly and um the the character of the woman is horrifying that that scene where she you find out that actually the old guy who's like the keeper of the dagger or whatever that like plays tricks on Eddie Murphy when they're in Tibet is her dad and like that whole scene where she's like I've uh she uses a horrible term like um I've unpured myself to him or some shit like that like mm-hmm. you know EBGBs and it's also confusing because she like I don't know they're they're like non-dating situation is confusing and makes it even more obvious that it's not necessary to the plot because it's not there's no grounds to it it doesn't make any sense why did they have to like like them potentially liking each other at the end i'm like yeah okay fine but like when they're back in LA, they, the movie makes it look like they sleep together and that she does it so that he goes to Tibet. That's like a, a convincing factor, which I, there's, I have issues with that. And But then they spin it into like, oh no, they fell in love. And it's like, well, you didn't really show that before. Like, <laughs> it sort of feels like an aftermath of whatever. You just want them to be together at the end and you don't really know how to write it like kind of thing so when she's talking to her dad she's like i love him and i want to marry him it was just like yeah like whoa like (laughs) and then like somehow it makes the moment cute because her dad although he's been pulling tricks and being rude and sort of being very cold to eddie murphy directly he right away is like trying to convince his daughter that no he's perfect i love him you should like totally go with this guy we don't know who he is like I, yeah, there's there's a lot of problems. I'm sure there's plenty racism in it, uh, including the fact that they hired a non-Asian woman to play an Asian woman. Um, yeah, I, there's issues. So I'll just stick the three and a half. Thank you for trying anyway. Andrew? <laughs> um, Liza, you're not going to be happy with me. I think I this... I'll give it two daggers out of five. I think okay, like that's not that bad. <laughs> okay, then it's zero daggers out of five. Oh, it's uh, just the hilt. Yeah, I'll put one of those it's daggers in your heart. put one of those daggers in your back. Um, yeah, it's uh, they put it in your butt, and I was yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> you shove that dagger up your butt, dude. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it 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 it's it doesn't know what movie it wants to be for most of it and whenever a movie does that, I always find that it just doesn't do any of what it's trying to do particularly well if it feels unfocused and this movie is really unfocused through most of it. But like Eddie Murphy is funny and charming in it and the parts where he's excelling, the movie's good. And then the rest of it is maybe not so much. Mm. But with all of that, that will bring us to the surprise prize. Oh, wait. Can I say one more thing about it? Oh, you may. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Uh, just uh, one piece of trivia is that, um, shoot, what's her name? 
Charlotte Lewis uh, is George's girlfriend in the Seinfeld episode when we discover that uh, Kramer's first name is Cosmo. Wow. (laughs) How old is she in that? You can't be that much older. A few years older. (laughs) He suspects that she's bulimic, so he's trying to, like, catch her in the act of throwing up and Kramer's mom like works in the bathroom, whatever that job is called. Oh yeah. As like, ladies or whatever. Towel, yeah. yeah. And then that's she says Cosmo. Anyway, that's anyway. all. <laughs> all right, wow. let's go there. let's go. Wow, 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 That oh, was like a then, needed then, piece of trivia. <laughs> and then also just like a month before this, uh uh Big Trouble in Little China came out, which is like the much superior movie. So yes. <clears throat> go on. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it. It's great. Does it also but... have comedy and romance and fantasy and action and not sci-fi and Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Any well what's what's that I hear? Oh my gosh. I think that was with Fernando. Oh. I just got soothed, you know. Me too. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> so, in the surprise prize. <clears throat> We know Eddie Murphy, the actor. We know Eddie Murphy, the comedian. But did you know Eddie Murphy's also a singer? Yes. Do you yes. know? Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that it? <laughs> anyway. Is this over? Is this a yeah, that's it. Over? That's it. That's it. Um, that was the saddest face, Andrew. Don't make that face again. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, let, let me ask you this. How many singles do you think Mr. Eddie Murphy has released in his life as not just like, you know, comedy albums. I mean, like these are songs that he put out into the world. How many songs did he release as singles? As singles. Well, I know there was at least one because that's, uh, I like to party all the time. That's mm-hmm. the one Correct. song that I know that he sang. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to guess. And you're, Andrew, you're 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 posturing this as like, wait till you find out this number. One hundred and thirty singles. <laughs> wait, is that for real? No. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to guess. 12. Liza, what's I'm, your guess? I, I'm confused. Why Why just singles? Because, like, he had albums, but a lot of them were, like, common, like stand-up comedy albums that had songs on them as, like, bonus material. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. Uh, well, I own one of his albums that is not comedy, so I'm going to say 10 singles and assume that the album I have is just all of the singles in one album. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kalen is exactly right. It's 12. He has 12 Ooh. singles to his name, to his credit. Okay. Uh, the singles are, in 1982, Boogie in Your Butt. <laughs> uh, I don't know that one. In 1985, the aforementioned Party All the Time. And then, of course, a song called How Could It Be with Crystal Blake. 
Then in <laughs> then in 1989, he comes back with "Put your mouth on me." <laughs> oh, God. Followed by "Till the money is gone." He returns in 1993 to I Was a King. And then, of course, the... after Coming to America? Yes, it was. (laughs) Uh, And then he did a song with Michael Jackson called What's Up With You. Mm -hmm. And then Desdemona in 1993. And then he takes 20 years off of music. He comes back in 2013 -uh. with Snoop Lion to do a song called Red Light. Snoop Lion? Snoop Lion. There was a there was a time where Snoop Dogg changed his name to Snoop Lion. He did? He did. Was I alive? You were asleep. You were asleep <laughs> for that year. Yeah. Then of course he came out with Promise You Won't Break My Heart. Returns in 2014 with the song Temporary. And then in 2015, oh Zha. <laughs> Dang. That's a, I guess he doesn't give up on that singing He did career. not give up, yeah. He was like, I'm going to be a singer. You will know it. Wow, I had no idea that he went past 96. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, the singing career portion of his Wikipedia was not updated after he released these songs, because as it says here, in 2013, he released his first single in many years titled Red Light, a reggae song featuring Snoop Dogg. He's also working on a new album titled Nine, which was which is, came out in 2013. So his <laughs> the singing career has not been updated in eight years. So the fans I, have given up. Good for you, Eddie Murphy. But you know what has been updated in eight years? Uh, our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Studio, where you can get new podcasts every week. Wow. That's some bonus content I can get behind. <laughs> And if that if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what will. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Throwback to School, uh, Twitter TBTS School, and maybe Kaylin. What what about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Kaylin Knowles on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm also doing a comic that I update thrice a week called Stick Forms. That's at Stick Forms uh, on social media. Um, also, if you're, uh, I don't, um, let's see. I'm going to be at a outdoor comic festival in July, I think, if everything goes according to plan. That is called the Hot Off the Press Festival, and it's at the Fantagraphics Bookstore in Georgetown. What's the date? I don't know. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> maybe on... sometime in July. Yeah. That's in yeah. Seattle. Uh, maybe you can find out on Kaylin's social media pages. Hey, yeah, hey. just check those out. That's um, exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, follow Kaylin on the social medias and look out for that comic book festival. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for having me. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>